Hey, another great episode of Roundup is coming up next. If you like what you heard, please go online to redsearadio.org and donate, become a monthly sustaining member, and keep us on the air. Thank you and God bless. Good morning, everyone. You are listening to Red Sea Roundup, and I am your host today, Pam Marvin. And you are also listening to KYAR 98.3 FM in Central Texas and KINF 107.9 FM in Palestine. And of course, KEDC 88.5. So we welcome you this morning. I am thrilled to be here back in the saddle, you know, during all this time. I'm very um, excited to be talking to you about one of my favorite. Oh, it is June the 17th, and we are just two days away from the Feast of the Sacred Heart of Jesus commemorative day, which did you know is coming up right around the corner. Thaddeus? Yeah. You know, it's the whole month is actually dedicated to it, but I, I wanted to share with our listeners. Um, it is Give us of, again what the date of the uh, feast is. It's Friday, June 19th. June 19th. Yes, I believe it's always the Friday after the Feast of Corpus Christi. Uh, that's when uh, the locutions happened with um, Margaret Mary Alacoque back in about the 1600s or so when Christ revealed um, this about his sacred heart. It's really quite beautiful. So um, it is really not really a separate devotion from Jesus, but it's just very special emphasis on his passionate love for human beings, and it represented with the human heart. So I kind of want to share my own personal story about why this is um, really at the top of my list of devotions, you know, the blessed mother is really, she holds my heart as well. Um, but Jesus and the sacred heart are very, very important to me. Um, back in, gosh, it's been about 12 years ago, I was at a silent retreat and I'd been spending many days in prayer in front of the blessed sacrament. And, uh, it was my first one and it was a very profound and moving experience for me because I really felt like I, I felt Jesus presence to me that I, in a, in a larger way than I'd never ever known, ever been a part of as you're in that silence. Yeah. And before you really get started talking about your, your piece on the sacred heart, it's, it's kind of like you were shoulder to shoulder with uh, the sacred heart, right? Cause before you want to talk about what we've got coming up in the second part of the show, and then we can roll into roll back into this. Sure. Just give people a little preview. Yeah, so on the second half of the show, or the second part, uh, Megan and I are going to be talking about the launch of our podcast. Megan Silas. Megan Silas. Old friend of yours, friend of the station. That's right, who was the creator of Red Sea Roundup. Indeed. And there was four of us that had to replace her because she was so amazing. (laughs) (laughs) None of us could take on what she did, you know. Um, I am very much um, a fan of hers, and she and I really had a, a 
bonded friendship that that grew while she lived here. And you'll hear a lot about more of the details as to why we began the podcast, what the podcast is going to be all about. Um, but, you know, Thaddeus, I'm still not certain how our listeners are going to be able to get a hold of our podcast. Can you, you shed some light on that? Well, we're going to start a, another podcast stream for it. It's going to be our first podcast only program and it'll, it's going to once it when it launches it's going to be available on uh, Apple po- Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, anywhere you want to get a podcast you're going to be able to download it, listen to it on your mobile device or you're going to be able to go to our um, you know our Podbean page that's the that's the company that we use to serve our podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, it'll we'll have a link for it on our uh, webpage at redsearadio.org. So there's going to be a number of ways for people to listen to it. That's wonderful. Yes. Maybe even through the app? It's going to be impossible for people not to be able to access it, basically. Okay. Maybe on the app, too. That would be kind of fun. I like that. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's possible, but that would be good. We'll see. But it was really... um, You'll hear more in the second half as to why we're doing it and uh, what it's going to be all about. But again, it's called Shoulder to Shoulder to shoulder, building healthy, holy relationships is the sub kind of subtitle. Wonderful. uh, Yeah. We're going through this life together. And speaking of, you were getting ready to tell us about your holy, healthy relationship manifesting itself with uh, our Lord in the Blessed Sacrament. So let's get back to that. (laughs) Okay. Thank you, Thaddeus. Um, Well, so as I was saying, when I went to, it was the first or second um, Triduum of Renewal, which was a silent retreat, three days, really beautiful, based on Ignatian spiritual exercises, I found myself in the chapel quite a lot um, next to Jesus in the tabernacle. And as the, my time wound down, well, my time there was just, I was really just just so full of elation and love because I was actually kind of frightened to go. But then when I was there, um, what I found was just Christ wanting to pour out his love on me in a new, in a profound way. And so as I was kind of on that, you know, up the mountain high, and it was time for me to leave, um, it was time to come down the mountain, time to return to my sweet life back in College Station. And I just had this moment with Jesus in the tabernacle where it was like, I, Lord, I just give you my heart. I really give you all of my heart to be more like yours. And in just kind of that interior knowledge and not really exactly a voice. It was like, and here I give you my heart too to take with you. So it was a this exchange of hearts for me to say, Lord, I'm giving you my little broken human heart, and please place in me part of your, you know, sacred heart to take with you into the world. Um, and so it was a really beautiful moment for me. And I didn't really know that much about the um, the devotion. Um, but since I'd had that moment um, in the chapel before, and to to fast forward it, um, I was at another conference where they were talking about enthronement of the sacred heart of Jesus in your home. And for those of you who know me, I'm, I have done this and had a show a couple of years ago and uh, visited with a person about different types of uh, graces and blessings that fall on homes that do have enthronement to the sacred heart of Jesus. 
And if you're interested in that, just go and Google enthronement of the Sacred Heart of Jesus. And there's there's information on there where you can do this in your home. So it, the long and the short of it is displaying a picture of the Sacred Heart of Jesus and declaring and announcing in your home that Jesus is the head and heart of your home. Well, why wouldn't you want to do that? I mean, that's just really been beautiful. And so uh, one of my favorite stories is I had a relative who had to come stay with us for an extended amount of time who is away from the faith, um, you know, grew up Catholic, but just away from the faith for many, many years. And uh, after being in our home for just a few weeks, six, eight weeks, uh, she looked at me and said, oh, my goodness. She said, I can hear Christ's voice so loud here. And he tells me I really need to shape up. <laughs> And I completely attribute that to the Sacred Heart of Jesus and his presence in our home. Um, and the other side of it is that for those of you who know me too, Paul and I have um, a lot of visitors coming through our home. We have kind of a rotating door for family members who need a place to stay for um, whatever reason for any amount of time. And uh, it stays pretty much full. You know, we have... Five children, two still at home, but it uh, seems like we have an extra around a lot, which is quite beautiful. Yes, it's quite beautiful. And um, so I have also attributed that to the Sacred Heart of Jesus is calling these people to our home as a place of love and, and goodness. But I want to I talk more about... Um, what is the devotion and the promises that Christ makes? So St. Margaret Mary Alacoque had personal revelation involving a series of visions of Christ as she prayed before the Blessed Sacrament, and she wrote, He disclosed to me the marvels of his love and the inex inexplicable secrets of his sacred heart. And included in these revelations were a series of promises and Jesus promised that in response to those who consecrate themselves and make reparation to a sacred heart. So I'm going to pause on the reparation part, too, because it's really a time for us to be thinking about reparation for personal sin, for the sins of our family, community, country, as you can see what's going on. I think if you ever feel downhearted about what's going on in our culture at this particular moment, um, I would ask you just to take that pain and that grief when you're looking at the current events and say, Lord Jesus, in reparation for the sins of my family, community, my country, you know, I offer this grief to you for this unrest and pray for unity and love among all peoples. So what he also pr promises is he will give them all the graces necessary in their state of life. He will establish peace in their homes. That's one of my favorites, Thaddeus. Peace in the home. So important. Because uh, division, as we know, is just so rampant in, in among families as well. He will comfort them in all their afflictions. He will be their secure refuge during life and above all in death. He will bestow abundant blessings upon all their undertakings. Sinners will find in his heart the source and infinite ocean of mercy. So see here, this was the precursor to Faustina as well, the ocean of mercy. So they're very intricately linked. So if you love divine mercy, you'll love the sacred heart devotion. 
Also, he says, lukewarm souls shall become fervent and fervent souls shall quickly mount to high perfection. He will bless every place in which the image of his heart is exposed and honored. He will give to priests the gift of touching the most hardened of hearts. And those who shall promote this devotion shall have their names written in his heart. So, so what does it mean we do? What is the devotion per se? Receiving communion frequently. Beautiful. Who wouldn't want to do that, especially given what we've been through this year in 2020? First Friday devotion. So going to confession and receiving the Eucharist on the first Friday of each month for nine consecutive months. And this is one I wasn't familiar with, Thaddeus, or kind of I lost in all these times, is the holy hour. Eucharistic adoration for one hour, preferably on Thursdays, to commemorate his time in the garden. And of course, celebrating the Feast of the Sacred Heart. So that's that's what what goes on with that and uh, those things to do. I, I'd say I found it to be just a beautiful habit to go to the First Friday Masses um, down at St. Joseph. Monsignor McCaffrey's done a great job of uh, going through the litany of the Sacred Heart during that time, and I really I really love that as well. Um, yeah, and. That's been a lot of my journey for Sacred Heart. I, uh, I have to say that uh, part of this love, too, was uh, just I, the heart really is that center and core. You know, I feel like that's where God abides and that's where our soul abides and where they abide together. I mean, it's my personal, been my personal experience. I can't, I'm not a theologian by any means, but that's been my personal experience. That's where he abides in the heart because of love and where we encounter him deeply in the heart. So to contemplate his heart and his love and that ocean of mercy um, has brought a great sensation of healing, of being deeply and interiorly loved, love, feeling loved and being loved by our creator. And I have to say, as I work with people um, in spiritual direction too, that is a huge component of growth in the spirit is knowing how completely, profoundly we are loved and how merciful our God really is. So that's my, that's my devotion, ladies and gentlemen. I just pray that if you're interested, you'll go look up doing an enthronement. You'll look it up and find some more about the Sacred Heart. But most of all, I just want you to know how much Christ's heart bleeds for you and adores you and loves you where you are, and his ocean of mercy is there waiting for you. And with that, I am definitely excited for this launch of the podcast for for Megan and I, again, born out of a love for Christ, um, for spreading the gospels however we can. Um, And we pray that if God uses us, that it will be a blessing to you through the Holy Spirit. So stay tuned and we'll be right back after this break with Megan Silas on Shoulder to Shoulder. Welcome, friends, to the inaugural edition of a brand new podcast sponsored by the Red Sea Apostolate. I am Pam Marvin, together with Megan Silas. Thank you, Pam. It is such a 
pleasure and honor to be here. I'm thrilled to announce to everyone that we are starting a podcast, Shoulder to Shoulder. Right. And so, you know, you listen to that, you hear a title and you wonder, okay, why did they call it that? Right. Right. I want to know. Well, this podcast today, the first inaugural one, is going to be letting you know where that title comes from, why we have it, what we hope to accomplish. So we hope that um, during this time together, the next 40 minutes or so, that you will be intrigued by uh, what our idea here is for the podcast, that you'll be inspired to tune in again after today. Um, so, cause we're really excited about it. It's something, um, that we're passionate about and I will give absolute credit to Pam. She is the one who, um, initially, uh, came to me and said, you know, what do you think about doing a right. podcast? So I'm going to throw it back to you, Pam. And, uh, so you can just kind of talk a little bit about the inspiration that you got, why you felt called, uh, to, Send me that text that day out of the blue. It was really out of the blue. (laughs) Well, I have to say that um, at that last benefit dinner for uh, Red Sea Radio here in College Station, Thaddeus and Dennis were talking about their long-term plans. And I I have a real heart for um, trying to aid people in reaching these goals. And, And with the apostolate, I think it's all so beautiful. I think it's all of the Holy Spirit. And one of their dreams was to and goals was to start um, several podcasts. Mm-hmm. And when I heard it, I was like, oh, that's really cool. I, I didn't think at the moment, oh, I want to do a podcast. That just was not of me. I didn't, I didn't think anything of it. However, fast forward to January, I had been listening to a couple of Catholic podcasts. And I was listening to it, and y'all forgive me of my arrogance, but there was a, there was a small, tiny voice inside me that just said, Oh, you and Megan could do a better job. <laughs> I mean, maybe that's a little too arrogant, but I that totally I did not feel was of me. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's based on our spiritual friendship that we've had. Our history goes back, gosh, Megan, eight years probably. Five, yeah, six, I would say that um, for just for a little backstory, um, this uh, podcast is being recorded at Red Sea Catholic Radio, which is um, located in at the St. Mary's Student Center of uh, Texas uh, A&M University. And um, we met, you and I, uh, probably about seven years ago mm. because I became Catholic eight years ago. This, uh, this spring was my anniversary of coming into the church. And about a year after that is when um, I felt called by the Lord to start getting involved uh, as a volunteer at this radio station. And what that led to was um, my um, starting an, online, an on-air show uh, and called Red Sea Roundup. And, and through that, I think, is, is how we kind of met. Um, some no, other- no, actually, we were going to daily mass together is really how we met. We were going to daily mass we kept bumping into each other. Oh, then right. we started running yeah. some of the same circles right. and found out we had a whole lot in common. I, too, am a convert of many more years. So it wasn't really too long after you converted because Amy had already been a friend of mine, your sponsor. who Right. Who was, yeah, that um, is true. That is true. And so being a convert myself, it was utterly amazing. So M- Megan is a person of hospitality, which I, I love that about her. And she just really out of the blue asked me one day would you like to go to lunch? You know? And I was like, 
she's kind of neat. I, I would like to do that. That's kind of, you know, bold. So I'm going to, I'm going to follow that lead. And so, uh, what began that day was a spiritual friendship that is unique and lovely in itself. And I thank you for agreeing to come and drive from Houston, you know, right. to come in and do this. But our, our friendship started in earnest, I would say that day over. And I believe I can even remember the restaurant. We were having Vietnamese food, and our conversation was so rich in love of the faith, in love um, from a definitely from a convert's perspective about mm-hmm. the richness. And it's like we had we had both discovered this gold mine at different times in our lives. And so to pour it out to one another was was really quite remarkable because I'd never shared my heart like that with someone who was so like-minded in heart mm-hmm. like that about right. the church. And I do think it really does speak to the fact that, um, I mean, obviously that this is like the first lunch we've ever gotten together, a first time of one-on-one. And yet when you both have this similar perspective, this, this orientation towards Christ and love for his church, it's like all of a sudden all these things that, you know, you tend to think of as barriers to the beginning of a relationship, just, uh, you know, is this person, you know, going to like me or how am I going to appear to this person? Uh, you know, what, what's their deal? And, and just kind of this very guarded standoffishness Mm -hmm. when you, when you sense that love and passion for the Lord and for his church, it can really spark, um, the process of entering into relationship, uh, in a lot faster sort of accelerated way. Now that doesn't mean that all of a sudden, just because you share those two things in common that you're automatically going to be, you know, best buds and sharing every little, you know, aspect of your heart. But it does speak to that sense of the shared focus Mm. of two people who have oriented their lives towards the same thing and how you live that out may not look exactly the same, but the fact that you're both working towards achieving the same goal, which is holiness, intimacy with the Lord, obedience to to his church and the teachings of his church, all of a sudden you you realize we're walking on the same path. And it's only natural then to say, well, if we're trying to achieve the same thing, we're walking on the same path, why wouldn't we do this together? Maybe even shoulder to shoulder. (laughs) Exactly. I I, want to just add one little other thing. I felt that that day for us, when we really bonded over our love of Christ and everything that we had going on, there was an, there was an instant spiritual intimacy because Mm -hmm. we just kind of resonated. It's almost as if, you know, you rev two engines and they were at the same pitch. And um, I had not experienced that previously to meeting Megan and honestly have not really experienced that since. It's different. I mean, and that's why we have different friendships, uh, all very important on our spiritual journey. Mm-hmm. Uh, Megan is just a very unique one for me. And I look forward to our lively conversations of all things shoulder to shoulder. And, and when we first began speaking about it, Megan was like, you know, I just gave this talk on spiritual friendship. And I was like, wow, you know, again, that was kind of another um, indication to me that this was not of me, that this really was of the Holy Spirit, 
because, you know, very similarly, she's already been thinking about spiritual mm-hmm. friendship and going through this life together with similar in different parts of the, of the state, honestly, but um, still like minded and going the same direction. Right. And I think for me, um, while, you know, when you had texted me, I had just uh, gotten together um, a talk that I was giving on spiritual uh, friendship. It's not that that was at that point, even out of the blue, because the topic of um, spiritual friendship and friendship in particular, actually, has been um, something that the Lord has uh, used in my life quite a bit. Um, when I was in uh, college, I was a psychology major, and uh, I did an experimental thesis for my senior project um, where I actually did my thesis on um, nonverbal communication in friendship. And so even way back then, my mind was already um, attuned to this concept that friendship is a really important relationship. I think in this day and age, um, it's very easy to minimize the importance of friendship. I don't think any of us would argue with the idea that we live in a hyper-sexualized culture, Mm. a culture that says, if you are deep, intimate with another person on an emotional level, it must mean that somehow you're engaged erotically. And that just has never rung true to me. Like I never felt like you, it could only occur within the realm of a romantic relationship to have deep, intimate um, emotional bonds and sharing and vulnerability with another person. And so as um, I, you know, became a Christian, well, I, that's a whole other story about how how I be started off as an evangelical, went, became an agnostic, and then became a, a Catholic. So but, let me say more specifically, when I became Catholic, and I started thinking more and more about um, what are the sort of necessary requirements to enter into a deep, intimate friendship that is going to be ordered towards holiness. And that led me to the literature on spiritual friendship, which is, has just been so beautiful for me to go deeper into. And I'm sure we'll come into these conversations as we mm-hmm. move forward. Well, um, as Megan came into the church here, our mutual friend was her sponsor. And she's actually done a piece for Red Sea Radio about RCIA that to me was so beautiful and really has stuck with me all these years. She said, because I love my friend so much and my friend loves her church so much, it piqued my interest. So you can probably fill in a little more on that. But that to me was was very telling about who you are and your love for And I do think that to to enter into deep relationship with someone is about knowing. It's about truly knowing who they are. I mean, you know, I love... um, you know, in Scripture, when St. Paul says, um, now I see through a glass darkly, but then I will see clearly and I will be known. I will know just as I am truly known. And this is the longing of the heart, right? This is deep within every mm. person is a desire to be known and loved for who you truly are. And that is what relationship is about in this life with each other and also with the Lord. I, w- I want to give a, a little quote from um, C.S. Lewis. He, Many of you may be familiar with the book that he wrote um, called The Four Loves, where he goes through the four different types of, of, of love. And what he says of um, relationship, he says, as soon as we're fully conscious, we discover loneliness. We need others 
physically, emotionally, intellectually. We need them if we are to know anything, even ourselves. Mm. And so I think this concept of relationship and how we come to know each other and how we come to know God through each other, and then moving beyond that, how we serve God together through those relationships is really at the heart of what the purpose of this podcast is. I mean, we're going to be looking at all different kinds of topics, all different kinds of subjects that may at their, you know, first blush, not look like they're particularly about relationships. But in the end, we, what we really want to do, Pam, I think, is to take these ideas, these, these broader um, ideas about faith and, and how we live in society and try to understand how we can live out what Christ commands of us together mm. in a way that we're supporting each other in our holiness, in a way that we are growing greater in greater knowledge of each other. And because I have this sense that, let me share with you, I had this vision of heaven one time, what heaven would be. And I had this idea of coming up to heaven and as each soul is completely clear of any sinfulness that they then are able to re- to reflect the very unique particular aspect of God that only can be revealed through that soul. Mm-hmm. That within each one of us is a unique representation of who God is, and we will never ever see that representation except through that individual. And I just thought about going around and seeing each person and said, oh my goodness, I never knew God was that. I didn't know he was that. I didn't know he was that. Oh, I'm seeing so much more than I ever saw. And so, but we can start seeing that now mm-hmm. in this life. Amen. If we truly start seeing each other for who they really are, not the what sin has created in them, not the way that they've fallen, not the way the enemy has led them away from that divine spark that God has placed in them, but the truth of who they are. Mm. And we will see God in that. You know, if you have ever, um, if you like the play Les Miserables, oh, yes. of course. you know, one of the, the most um, climactic moments is the when in the song it says, to love another person is to see the face of God. Mm. Amen. Right? Amen. Amen. So that's what we want to talk about, seeing each other, loving each other, and walking together Mm. in holiness. Absolutely. One of the, just to piggyback on that, um, one of the things that really changed my heart over the years is echoed in what you're saying is to be able to look on another person and always look past um, the defects, so to speak, Mm-hmm. And into the person that God created and to only see that. I mean, when I do marriage preparation, I always like to remember and remind how God created that person. You know, usually when you're very young, you can you can really see all that beauty and hope and a long time. But as a life goes on, things, the waters get a little bit muddied, but always remembering the essence of who God created Um, and see that person and and look straight to that person. So I hope the podcast will be kind of coaching ourselves as well. We'll be working through our own things um, and sharing our journey, our spiritual friendship, lots of different topics, but to, to learn to see others as Christ sees them and to learn to have 
friendships that are shoulder to shoulder in the good, in the bad, weeping in the pain and um, just weeping tears of joy in the goodness too. Yeah, I like um, that you brought up the fact of seeing ourselves because truth be told, one of the things that we struggle the most with is seeing ourselves in truth Mm. of really trusting that God created us who we are and we are good Mm. and he loves us. But the problem is, is that we are so cognizant of our own sinfulness and we let that image impact who we see ourselves to be. And so, so often um, if we can't see ourselves in love, how are we going to love our neighbor like ourselves if we don't love ourselves? The truth of the matter is we aren't going to love our neighbor well because we don't even love ourselves well. And that really does get at a lot of um, how can you have healthy, holy relationships? Well, it starts with you. You know, it starts with each one of us as we try to grow in virtue and root out sin in our lives. Um, one of the, saint, I would say the, the patron saint of spiritual friendship is St. Alred of Riveau. He mm-hmm. was a Cistercian monk who was um, a contemporary of St. Bernard of Clairvaux, who probably is much better known to most people. But he wrote what is considered uh, sort of the quintessential treatise on spiritual friendship. And he, he talks about sin in our lives. And he says, for he that loves iniquity does not love, but hates his own soul. Truly he who does not love his own soul will not be able to love the soul of another. Mm. And so that will also be something I think we will try to talk about during this podcast of trying to grow within ourselves, um, become more integrated with Mm. our, you know, psychological, emotional, spiritual, and physical selves, all of these things. um, If we can't love all aspects of our who we are, we're not going to be truly able to enter into um, healthy, holy relationships with other people. Right. And as you're talking, it's reminding me of just my own personal experience with our friendship, as well as some of my other very close spiritual friendships, is that I constantly carry around the scales over my eyes of my own personal woundedness. Mm-hmm. And, but it takes but a second for one of my friends to call that out right. and remind me who I am in Christ, which I need over and over again. We all do because we do carry around that, that kind of that baggage of woundedness or scales on our eyes. Right. Well, and I think that that can also go on the flip side, right? Sometimes we're blind to some of our own failings or the, sure. some of the ways that we do fall short and um, we can really use spiritual friends to help us in that way, because when you have a friendship or a relationship where you've developed the trust of another person who you can trust that this person really does desire my good, which, you know, uh, if you're familiar with what the true definition of love is, it is to desire the good of the other. And so when we are in relationship and we see something in the other person that we're like, you know, that's really not who God calls you to be. You're more than that. You're, you're, you're better. You're just better than that. If you developed a sense of um, trust, then the person can speak those words and you can receive them. Mm. You can receive them not in a way that wounds, but in a way that has a really powerful um, ability to heal. And, you know, we, we shared that quote and I have to remember, I'm trying to remember, it was from a book that I read, but right now I'm not quite remembering uh, who wrote it. So hopefully maybe I'll come back to it, but I'm going to say it anyway. And 
forgive me if <laughs> for for not crediting it, but I will say it's not mine. So I'll at least do that, which is, is through relationships that we are wounded and it's through relationships will be healed. Mm. And and how how true is that? If any of you are, who are listening can think about your own lives and the areas where you feel you've experienced wounds, can you say one of them that isn't from some relationship, whether it was from your parent or a, a sibling or um, a friend or or even your relationship with God, you may mm-hmm. feel wounded by it's, it just is who we are, that we are made to be communal. And Amen. when we live communal lives, we receive communal wounds and it's up to us to heal them communally because just as sin impacts every individual, the effects of sin impact every individual mm-hmm. and I think that's especially meaningful as a church, a body, a, the mystical body of Christ. When you think about that, you know, when one part of the body's hurting, the whole body's hurting. And we are called to help each other um, as we, in our pain and in our suffering, just as we are called to um, rejoice together in all that is good and beautiful. Yes. I feel very fortunate. I do have a group of friends that I've been able to experience that with. and. Um, it is one of my greatest um, honors to actually be a Simon for them mm-hmm. to help and carry their crosses. Cause there are many big painful crosses. Um, and I actually weep for them so profoundly too, in their, their pain, but their joys are also so beautiful. Like you have friends who are going to be grandparents for the first time. And so there's that walking side by side and seeing the world through the lens of the spiritual friendship, but, but really it's Christ and walking and growing in that intimacy. And I, I'm hoping that this, uh, this podcast will be tackling some of those issues that are tough. Um, we want to be very honest in a lot of things we're going to be doing too. Um, so right. sometimes we might get controversial. Who knows? Uh, yeah, I'm pretty much uh, can guarantee <laughs> that we will because yes. that's sort of our MO. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's certainly been my history anytime I get right. a microphone in front no. of my face or uh, even just any person. But I do think it's it's interesting. We can kind of contextualize um, the moment that we're starting this podcast, uh, I think, for, um, you know, just to get a sense of what the culture is that we're in right now. We are um, recording this at a time where we've been dealing with this COVID-19 situation for, you know, I guess it started really in March, right? So that's about two months, about two months or or so. And it really, I think has been, you know, the, the term that's come up to me a lot as I've thought about how um, I'm perceiving what's going on is, you know, when, um, Mary and Joseph bring Jesus to the temple and Simeon receives Jesus and he recognizes him as being the Messiah. And he speaks those words of prophecy, right? Um, And he said, the words he says of Christ are, you will be a sign of contradiction, Mm. revealing the hearts of many. And I feel that we have been through this pandemic situation. We see the contradictions that exist within our culture. The fact that, what does contradiction mean? What does that word mean? If you take the Latin root, 
Contra means against, and diction is the root of the word to speak, Mm. to speak against. And so we find so much just speaking against each other. I feel this. I feel that. I'm scared. I'm not scared. Well, we, we don't even know how to speak together anymore, how to come together to receive the other in dignity, respect, and to say, you know what? Okay, we don't see things the same. Mm-hmm. Well, how can we come to understand each other, but still accept that maybe we're not going to see things the same, and maybe that's okay, right? I want to I want to just let our listeners know too that Megan and I fully, fully understand um, that we are in a spiritual battle, but between forces of light and forces of darkness, and we're not going to be shy about entering into calling that out. And why do we know this? In these day and times, the the greatest instrument of the evil one right now is division. Absolutely. And the division has grown so much. And we're hoping to be a still small voice that brings unity among all of our brethren, brethren to learn how to speak to one another again in truth and charity and love without anger or explosion, you know, mm-hmm. that decorum that's been lost. Yeah. You know, we, we're, we're hoping that uh, through just different tools that we may unpack for ourselves and for others to get back to a, a beautiful discourse um, on cultural things as well. Yeah. I mean, and I think so many of us, we, you know, watch the news, we see the way the politicians speak to each other and you're just frankly appalled. It, I I can't believe that things have devolved to this level. And yet, while we see that and think that and feel that so often in our own relationships, we model it, Mm -hmm. you know, because we allow the emotions of the moment to supersede what our rational mind is calls us to. And so, again, that comes to the sense of integration within oneself, right? If your emotions are integrated with your reason, then you're not going to be able to speak in truth because both of those things do have truth in them. You know, it's not just that we have to be completely rational beings and put aside all emotion. Emotion is part of what God gives us to understand circumstances and to understand who we are in those circumstances. But... We shouldn't be completely ruled by those emotions because he's also given us intellect to look at situations in a way that's more detached. And we use the sense of how our minds can understand something on a non-emotional level to inform our emotions. Am I being reasonable? Am I not being reasonable? Um, what is God calling me to in, to in this? How do I... How do I deal with that emotion? How do I take that emotion and use it for God's glory instead of just going off on somebody, right? Because God, everything we have within us, God allows. He, you know, he might not, it might not be his perfect will that we experience certain things or, you know, feel certain things or whatever, but he allows it. So if he's allowing it, it means he can bring good of it. But we need to understand it and be able to deal with it in a way that's ordered towards his will if we're going to use it in a positive way. And I think that little bit of detachment of kind of not just to one's own emotions, but, you know, saying, okay, 
I see the other person in front of me and I'm not just going to respond. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm going to give it a little time, right. you know, and, and let it air out a little bit before I jump in. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think that's also a part of what it is to, because, you know, if you think about being shoulder to shoulder, you're not in somebody's face. That's right. Right. What are you doing? You're looking out at the world together. So this common sense of purpose and moving forward together instead of just getting locked, locking horns and, and battling. Right. Speaking of battling, we talked um, a little bit before we came into the studio about the, one of the things about um, the name shoulder to shoulder Mm -hmm. again. And the first thing I came up with was like a, uh, football term, shoulder to shoulder, right? That battle, the defensive line, the offensive line. Um, so there will be many um, sports references, I'm sure, during this <laughs> podcast as well. But sh- that kind of shoulder to shoulder, I think about you know that gridiron. We right. are in the gridiron of yeah. life, yeah, shoulder it, to shoulder. It's interesting because I didn't know it was a football term. Like you told, I think I originally maybe did I say it first or did you say it first as a as a title? But when it first came oh, out, yeah, I think I said it first. And you were like, oh, that's totally a football term. And I was like, okay, I totally didn't know that. What I got it from was, again, from C.S. Lewis's mm-hmm. The Four Loves. So I actually have that um, the quote that I um, gleaned it from um, f- where he's talking about friendship and the nature of that relationship and that love. And he says, friends are not primarily absorbed in each other. It is when we are doing things together that friendship springs up, painting, sailing, ships, praying, philosophizing, fighting shoulder to shoulder Mm. friends look in the same direction. And I think for me, this concept of fighting shoulder to shoulder is very evocative because as you said earlier, Pam, we are in days of spiritual battle. Now there's always been days of spiritual battle since time immemorial, right? Right. That's true. But I don't think anyone can deny what is happening in this time. The, the rapid, change in what human values are, um, how people see the world, how people relate to each other, the, the, the just seeming absence at times of charity in speech and in action. Right. Um, and so as we're fighting a battle, we need to hold ranks and we need, if we scatter, mm. just like you said, that is the primary me- method of the enemy to defeat is to divide and conquer. And so if we aren't standing arms locked, shoulder to shoulder, looking in the same direction, marching towards building the kingdom, we will be scattered. And, you know, all you have to do is look at the Old Testament, see about the nation of Israel. How did it go for them when they got (laughs) scattered? You know, like... It, it doesn't work. We need unity within the body of Christ. Christ prayed for it. Anybody who knows me knows that John chapter 17 is probably my favorite part of the Bible, bar none. And it's Christ's high priestly prayer. And he prays that they may be one. As you and the Father are in me, that they may be in each other. Why? The why of it is so important. So the world will know that you, Father, sent me. This is what Jesus says. Our unity is the visible representation of Christ's divinity. Mm. 
And if we aren't striving towards it, if we are not prioritizing it, if we are not passionate about being united within ourselves as individuals and with each other as the body of Christ and trying to bring greater unity with those outside of the body of Christ, we will not be the witness we are called to be in this world. You know, I want to pause just there a second, because part of what I really love to do is give our listeners something concrete to work on until we come back again or over the next month, the coming weeks. And that concrete thing is going to be unity. Where do you see it lacking in your life? Oh, perhaps, great. perhaps just um, for me, the first thing I what comes to mind is I have a teenager, right? <laughs> and there's a little lack of unity there sometimes, but I want to bring that back together. Perhaps you are in the working world and you have that coworker that's super annoying and you just want to avoid them um, because maybe you're failing to see their human dignity. Work on the concept of unity, starting with around you. I mean, of course, interiorly, too, but I think that takes a little bit more time. Mm -hmm. But it manifests in the world a little more profoundly against others. So just under your roof, look under your roof. Where is there disunity? Right. Because where there's disunity, there's sin. I guarantee it. Absolutely. And it, you know, it is probably in both parties that are that are engaged in this lack of unity. And so obviously you you need to start with yourself, mm-hmm. right? And and ask yourself what aspect of me in this relationship is participating and um perpetuating this disunity. Right. That personal sin. Yeah. So I think it's also to being able to look at and, and this theme of human dignity comes up for me a whole lot as being a very essence of a lot of the problem Mm -hmm. in the world today is not understanding personal human dignity. We see that in the loss of life through Planned Parenthood, um, just in general, so many ways that we kill the person through our words, um, literally, figuratively. So what does it mean for you today during your week to see the dignity of Christ and the other person that's across from you today that you look at each day, whether it's under your roof or in your work environment, ask yourself that question. Can I see Christ's dignity, that human dignity in the other person? So I want to give that as one of our little. Yeah. And it it kind of makes me think of, um, I mean, I know so many Catholics um, during this time of the virus, when the churches were shuttered, and we were unable to receive Christ's body and, mm. um, and blood, soul, and divinity in the Most Holy Eucharist. And we hurt from that lack of ability to be united to him in this very profound spiritual and physical very way. Very physical, yes. Right? Because that's, that's the gift that we have as mm. Catholics, that we don't have to just be united to the Lord in our spirit, but we get to receive him physically, right? That's so profound. And so we felt, I think many of us felt, while we may have had beautiful spiritual communions and everything, we had this longing to be more fully united to him in the way that we knew was possible. And I think seeing Christ in the other, if maybe we could kind of get back to that feeling of, I want more, I, I know there's more, right? And if we can see Christ in the other and say, I want greater unity with you, because not only is that going to 
you know, make our lives together in whatever relationship we're in more profound and beautiful. But it's also going to bring me closer to Christ mm. because Christ is in you and Christ is in me. And the more we're united to each other, the more of Christ we get. Another quote from St. Alred of Raveau when he, he begins his book on spiritual friendship when, where he says, here are we, you and I, and I hope a third Christ mm. is between us. Amen. You know, and so, yeah, if we can maybe translate that longing for the Eucharist into our longing for greater unity within the other people in our lives, particularly other baptized Christians, I don't think we should lose this fact that we are called as Christians to have a particular unity. Yes, we want ecumenism and we want to be, you know, uh, see Christ in all people, but we are called to a higher standard as brothers and sisters in Christ, as part of his body. And so we should be longing and striving and prioritizing our unity among the brethren. And I know it's been hard during this time because we're seeing differences of opinion and real strong, powerful emotions that are causing us to maybe be like, I didn't know you were the, one of those kind of people. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> I don't really, I'm not really keen on you too much anymore because I totally disagree with the way you're dealing with this. Oh, and wow, that's surprising. Yeah. yeah I didn't know you that way. Right. And, and we can... I think there's some disillusionment mm. that we're experiencing and it's, it's causing. It's a fracture. A, right. It's it is a painful a fracture. fracture. Yeah. Um, so I think during this time is a perfect time for this podcast to be starting up, to be, you know, ordered towards trying to come together um, in, in healthy, holy ways. You're going to hear me say those two words probably during this podcast uh, over the time that we do it so much. So you just feel, oh, there she goes, healthy and holy again. But That's right. It is. It's about those two things, about being healthy so that we can be holy, so that we can do the things that call, God calls us to. Mm. We're Today, this day that we're actually recording it, is traditionally the day that the church celebrates the ascension of our Lord Jesus Christ. What does he give us at the ascension? The Great Commission. Mm. Go forth Make disciples of all nations. It's about witness. It's about doing the job that we are called to do in this world to be witnesses to Jesus Christ and his church. Absolutely. And I want to say, too, that we just walked through the JP2 Center and Theology of the Body is, is near and dear to my heart. And I want us, and through this show, to proclaim with our bodies the Amen. joy and the goodness that is the church. Yeah, that is such a goal of mine is to I want to be like those first Christians as apostles who when you saw them because of their love and because of who they were, you knew they were Christians. Right. Because they lived it in their body and who they were. And our culture in general has strayed from that. We as a people have. And so as Megan and I start to walk shoulder to shoulder and talk about all of our journeys together and these different things because but we are by no means perfect oh heck no heck <laughs> no let's not give that this is going to be sharing of our spiritual friendship 
is going to be talking about those things that are breaking Christ's heart and break our hearts too, um, and how we can mend that beautiful heart, which this will be airing in the month of the Sacred Heart too, which I think oh, is also beautiful. fitting Absolutely. as well. Um, yeah. You know, I think it brings me to mind the, you know, that beautiful Anima Christi prayer where it says, um, within your wounds, hide me. And I think so often our wounds are things that separate us. But honestly, if we can bring all that stuff and crawl into those wounds of Christ, we'll be together there in the most beautiful holy place. And that sacred heart image of his heart that is pierced, it's open, it's bleeding. And we think sometimes we just think of the wound, but we don't realize that's actually an aperture. It's an opening for us to go in to that mm-hmm. cr- that burning heart and be refined in his love. And mercy. And mercy. And Amen. And mercy so itself. We're excited, right? We're yes. excited for what the Holy Spirit's going to lead us to during um, this podcast and as we move forward. And we're just completely docile to that. So come, Amen. Holy Spirit, come. Fill the That's hearts right. of our, your faithful and kindle in them the fire of your, your love. love. And we pray, too, that we can be that Veronica for you that gives some relief when you're having a hard time, that can help you carry that cross and be your Simon, because we truly want to walk shoulder to shoulder with one another and with all of you in the world, too. Right. So praise be to God for the opportunities that he gives us to uh, share love and to come together in communion. Right. We pray that this will be totally of the Holy Spirit that will bless you, that we will be walking towards this unity in Christ that we all so desire. Amen. Amen.